listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Welcome to the Batman Universe Commentaries, where we are going to talk about another Brave and the Bold episode from Season 1, Night of the Huntress. My name is Donovan, and today I'm joined by... Chris Johnson. And this is another episode of uh, the Brave and the Bold we're going to be talking about. Uh, and I'm not sure how you listeners are going to be listening to this, but this is our second commentary of the Brave and the Bold series. And um, before we start, is there any general thoughts you have towards the episode, which you want to kind of get off your chest, which you might have a chance to say... During the commentary, Chris? Uh, no, I think uh, I think what I have to say will come up during it. You know, I this, and uh, we we're, the way we're kind of doing these commentaries is we're kind of doing them in pairs uh, with each of us picking an episode. So uh, maybe you want to maybe talk a bit about why you chose uh, this episode for us to cover. Okay, yeah, um, that's a good idea. I. I don't think this is the first episode I've seen in the series, but this is the first episode from start to finish that I sat down and really, really enjoyed. Uh, I believe the first episode I saw was, I think I forget what the, the title was, but it involved Etrigan and Sherlock Holmes. But this is one where I kind of you know sat down and watched from the beginning and and just laughed <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's like really got the the point of the series. Um, this is the first one with the Huntress, and I just with, right away I really appreciate that they had the. Uh, the Bronze Age original. I'm not sure who designed her. It was Joe Staten or Jim Paro, but the original pre-90s and uh, pre-Jim Lee first costume Huntress, which I liked. And um, I, I just found this fun. I, 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 I'm not sure if there's a specific reason. I do like uh, how they present the the crush that Blue Beetle has on the Huntress. I think that's mm-hmm. really funny. But um, this overall, like, this is, one, this is one of the episodes where, like, I showed to my brother because I was like, dude, this is this is funny. You gotta watch this. So uh, now that being said, I've actually not seen this in a little while. So uh, some of this might be fresh, and or I might come down to hate it. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> but uh, we'll leave that in suspense for now. So um, without further ado, everybody get comfortable, and um, on the count of three, I will tell you to press play. If you're paused at zero zero, so I'll count down backwards. Three, two, one, play. <clears throat> so we start off with another teaser. And we have uh is this the first time we're seeing Solomon Grundy in the series? Uh I'm not sure I think so. I wanna say he is. Uh and I love uh Solomon Grundy's design in the show. Yeah, uh, that's the gangs because <laughs> usually when Solomon Grundy shows up his costume is just all tattered. Uh but in this he's got like a straight gangster uh, mm-hmm. like 20s 30s gangster look which is just great and i love the detail of uh the front of his mouth right. uh being uh stitched together i think that's just a nice kind of detail oh i know why i like this <laughs> this episode i think it's the first time that i saw like a, a female uh portrayed and um in this series before before everybody assumes i'm gonna get pervy like i really just do love how the women look in this show it's very very it, to me it reminds me of like a a 30s type of character. 
like and Black Canary is a very like old school kind of character anyway, but just the way that she's designed in comparison to like the DC animated universe and Justice League Unlimited, like I thought like this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And she's voiced by uh Grey Dizelli, I believe. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but uh Delisle, maybe? I'm not I'm not sure either. Uh, but she does a great job. And I know that um on the uh in a future episode, uh when they go up against the music master, you hear that she has a serious serious uh pair of lungs on her. Oh yeah, she has a great singing voice. Which I suppose you would kinda of want in a, in a character like Black Canary whose superpower is uh, her siren call. Yeah. Black Canary call, I should say. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, this is a really different. This is pretty much like I think uh, a first really unique design or interpretation of Grundy in that like he's not like he's not the zombie. He's just you know kind of a mob guy. Yeah. Uh, but they do have a nice reference to his zombie nature because they were going to get that guy's that scientist's brain uh, right. in the opening of the teaser. <laughs> and he's not the, the smartest tool in the shed either. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a nice way of referencing that he's a zombie. But uh, I do love his gangster getup. <laughs> Black Canary is very flirty with Batman in this show. Well, a lot, a lot of the female uh, superheroes who show up are. Right. Um, Which to me kind of reminds me of like the 60s show in that like a lot of like the, the, the female malls and like the hench winches of the villains would, like, turn to Batman, I believe, at one point or another. Oh, yeah. That happened all the time. They should have done that more. That would be hilarious. Batman, the brave and the bold, starring somebody. <laughs> Night at the Huntress. So I, imagine, I also like that... Um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so this was probably your first time seeing Jaime Reyes in the show. Yes, it was. Cause he's a, so he's appeared before this. Yes, he was in, actually, the very first episode. Oh, okay. Oh, it's written by Adam Beach and the man who destroyed Cassandra Kane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't despise him nearly as much as I may have four years ago, but uh, uh I, I like the fact time, that he, time does a, these uh, things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is nice, yeah. We have Helena Bertinelli as their civilian identity as a uh, is she a college professor in this? Yes, she is. Oh, that's interesting. I remember in the nineties she was a high school professor, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry betrayal at that. I don't care. I kind of like how she says that Jaime Reyes is like too good for Gotham University, which says a lot about Gotham's school system. <laughs> that like apparently like it's because you think like with a a university uh, where Batman is, right? Think, like it would be the highest class university in the country, but apparently <laughs> like there are people that are too good for it. So, like, Bruce Wayne needs to do some more funding. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he he based too much attention on his Batman to actually help the citizens with their schooling. Yeah. This is really disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I appreciate, like, the idea of these, like, uh, the idea of Babyface and Mrs. Oh, man. Manface. I appreciate the creativity of the idea. I still like uh, um, an adult Manface kissing a baby. <laughs> It's still, it, it's weird. Like, it weirds me out a bit, Like, And the show recognizes how it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. Th- those guys are original creations, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. 
but they're pretty they're pretty good though they're pretty like uh they feel like batman or they feel like comic book villains yeah i do like i like how baby for baby face has this you know say like yeah like the, X, like the edward X, g robinson yeah the edward g robinson um and i i actually like this character skeleton keys like i think that's a very clever uh design to have his fingers be all these types of keys those and, guys are classic batman villains though tweedledee and tweedledum yeah, they are <laughs> and that guy is just there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit silly. <laughs> that guy, I'll give him like a dude with like like hammer toes. Sure, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I like this. I love I love like the crime stuff. Like you know, like the guys in suits with the like, Tommy guns. Batman the Animated Series played that you know to perfection. But this it's a nice return to that. Yeah, and like it's interesting because like um, Batman the Animated Series was a lot more like serious with their gangsters, mm-hmm. right? And the, the, these are a lot like you know with it being more cartoony, you know they like play up the gangsters more. Mm-hmm. So they have like the Edward G. Robinson inflections and things. They have guys in black and white striped jail suits, yes. which hasn't been around since the twenties. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good stuff. I suppose this infers that Jaime Reyes is from Gotham as opposed to, like, was he El Paso, Texas? Yeah, he was. Or maybe if he's in college, he's probably from Texas, then... Oh, this is nice. Yeah, I can't I can't remember... Um, I can't remember where the first episode was set. If they moved him to Gotham or if he was in Texas. Um, he might have been actually in Gotham because... Or Batman might have gone to visit him. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't really remember because it's been so long since I saw the first episode. I like how Huntress changed her lipstick color to hide her identity. Yes. <laughs> oh, and a fun a fun note is that uh, Jaime Reyes's Blue Beetle uh, is very much. Uh, they use the R two D two sound effects. Oh, okay. For when he's communicating with uh, the Beetle. That's pretty cool. Polecat Perkins. That's the, <laughs> these, these guys are probably more cartoony even for this show in terms of villains than uh, the typical adapted from comics characters. Yeah, yeah, I think that is something about this is that the villains are like more cartoony even though uh, it is a more lighthearted show. They're definitely getting more cartoony with uh, the villains in this episode. Uh, and I do like that uh, fake out with the gas mask. That was very bad, man. I think... Uh, if you didn't know that they were we weren't from the comics, then like it, it wouldn't even like register because the w- the way they play the villains is really kind of broad anyway. Yeah, they do. Feel, they definitely do feel like they could have been plucked out of a Silver Age comic. Um. You know, it's funny because uh, Huntress, besides her costume, this is actually like the post-crisis version of the Huntress, and that she's a teacher. I love how he slides into the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they do mash up the various continuities of the characters too. Yeah. I think it would be a little weird because like, she couldn't be his daughter because he would have to be like a lot older. Right, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, actually didn't think about that until just now. I should also probably mention that, um, that uh, baby face, his face is actually a, 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 a take at Bruce Tim. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> with like like that general design, which he, he's he's appeared as a cartoon before, but like I, I did I did see an interview where I think I saw it on on the uh, Toon Zone message boards where um 
I think I, I heard a story where he kind of popped into the office and saw his design. He's like, wait, is that me? And just like walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Because they, they also reference him later on in the uh, Batmite episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this jail fight scene is cool because there's a bunch of references to uh, Batman villains. Yeah, that guy's a cavalier, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, and you also saw King Tut from nah. the 60s Batman show. They have the uh, Silver Age Mad Hatter, who wasn't Jervis Tetch, who was a guy who went around collecting hats. Yeah, and, yeah. And they, they the used that one on the 60s show, too. I got, uh, this is totally off topic, but I got recently, like, like the uh, Legend of the Dark Knight collection, Alan Davis, where that must, that, that, uh, that version of Mad Hatter went up against Batman and Jason Todd, and he is actually pretty crazy in his own right, because his obsession with hats is more so than his obsession with Alice in Wonderland. So yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> he's really yeah. He's 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 messed up, man. Yes. <laughs> I like whenever they have her uh, with a soft filter on the sh- on the cartoon. It's <laughs> good stuff. I, I like what they did with Jaime Reyes in the show because uh, they. You know, have him progress from, uh, you know, teaming up with Batman in the first episode to kind of team up with Batman and another hero. Uh, there's an episode where I think he goes up against Despero, uh, who is attacking, like, the Green Lantern Corps. I think it was Despero in that episode. And then he eventually, like, gets involved with, I think, this show's version of the Justice League. So yeah. they do a lot with him over the course of the show. I like the design of the Batmobile in that it's kind of an... Um, amalgamation slash homage of the classic Batmobiles with the bat head yeah. and the single fin. It's been a while since we've seen that in, in some Batmobiles. So. Yeah, but, and it's also like kind of updated too to right. for the more and also modern it's, audience. There's a, slash of, a splash of red from the, the 60s uh, Batmobile. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is their take on the calculator. Yes. Which... <laughs> At the time, I remember the calculator was so overplayed in the comics that I actually really appreciated this. Yeah. He was like in every Batgirl and Birds of Prey comic because they couldn't get enough of him. Yeah. Ah. And we get a nice nod to uh, the Weather Wizard. Oh, nice. Right? I like his design. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that he has a green, like, Carrie Kelly, gla- not Carrie Kelly goggles, but like green shades. Oh, yeah. He's not even wearing pants, man. <laughs> well, he's in his mom's basement, so... Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I think if you're in your mom's basement, you're not allowed to wear pants. I, I think that was... Which is a sad fact, if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually really faithful to the hunters that I'm familiar with from the 90s. Like, the Helena Bertinelli as opposed to the Helena Wayne character. Mm-hmm. Like, she really is that kind of, like... I don't know if she's as lethal as she was in the comics, because a lot of times Batman and Robin would say, please don't kill people. Yeah. But uh, she has, like, the crossbows, and she, like, has, like, has a tough attitude in the motorcycle, so... And she is interrogating that guy. Say again? She is interrogating that guy. You know, <laughs> so... I, I love this guy. <laughs> Just Blue Beetle trying to get, you know, talk to Batman about girls. <laughs> <laughs> Batman's like, focus boy. Yeah. Blue Beetles, especially like, and I think the next fight scene, his infatuation with her really makes me laugh. So I'm gonna try to keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> I love the physicality of Babyface with like the big broad shoulders and 
<laughs> and a little baby head. <laughs> just that's a bit that, like most of these guys look so sharp. They look really good, like in their suits, but they're you know like the worst of the worst of Gotham City. It's just mm-hmm. it's really well done. And I love how Warehouse X is like an actual X. Like that's just so so rich. I love it. Oh man. Even Miss Manface is dressed like an old school woman from like the fifties with the the hat and the bow and the pearls. The blonde hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like there's I don't I don't think I think the most modern looking character is is Hami and his friend. Yeah. <laughs> he always was in by saying yeah. Yeah. I remember this. It's actually a cool, a cool plot line. Like they take all their supervillain tech to a warehouse. Yeah, that was a good idea. It's kind of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like when they cart off the uh, Ark. And I, I, this is this. This is the scene that really like like made me like like really love this show because it was an action scene. Then, then it just like uh, like evolved into like this part right here. Oh yeah. So ridiculous. <laughs> My favorite bit is when she's flipping. <laughs> and, you know, he gets Batman killed like one of several times. It's good because he's he's like a young teenage hero who's going to be uh, an experience, so he can kind of be stupid in this episode. Yeah. And he is a teenager, you know. Yeah, what are you going to do? I have to imagine Mrs. Manface is, uh, the suit she uses has to be a reference to aliens. Oh, okay. I didn't think about that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I'm done with this with the filter. Oh yeah, that is. Oh, I, I never even thought about that. That is from Aliens. <laughs> I love this part. Yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> and the, yeah, the saxophone that they play. <laughs> that's a total farce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, he actually is on guard. You know. And then he's off it. <laughs> <laughs> You're my favorite. That's not with the, with the record scratch. Yes. <laughs> like, this show is humorous, but it's really good humor, I think. It's not like corny humor. Yeah. It it does. It's not the kind of humor that, like, talks down to his audience. Yeah. And they're dead in the show. <laughs> You'd think. Absolutely. But the, they got to put him in a death trap, you know? The death trap from Aladdin. <laughs> Clock King, that's, that's another... I mean, I, I, know, I know he's appeared in the show. I don't know if he's appeared in the show at this point. Yeah, but... he, yeah he was in the uh, teaser to the first episode, actually. Ah, okay. I really should research this series more. <laughs> I feel like a total buffoon. And that was the introduction to uh, Green Arrow, who I love in the show. I love Green Arrow in the show. And Clock King is a Green Arrow villain, isn't he? I think so. I remember, like, like a couple of villains from the animated series, they kind of robbed from Green Arrow. I mean, I, I know Vertigo is, but, uh... Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> they really did play this. <laughs> the biggest one, have you, see, have you seen the episode where uh, the Birds of Prey do that song about Matches, or Batman? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's the sleaziest thing I've ever seen in animation. Yeah. No wonder that got banned in America, guys. I know. Le- leave it to Gail Simone to have that happen. That wasn't even subtext, man. No, that was like... There was no double entendres. That was just a single direct, you know... Yeah. Batman's bigger than the, the other DC heroes. Yeah. The joke about Aquaman is probably my favorite part. 
The one about the Flash was the one that was like, oh, that's, that's, that's not nice. <laughs> uh, we gotta do commentary on that one. We're doing it right now, so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to this episode. I, I do love this, though. Got the convent, children's playground. How symmetrical this the background is. Old folks home. <laughs> it's right in the middle of all this crap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would think for an underworld uh summit in the middle of, you know, old folks and children and a convent. This this for mandatory reasons reminds me of the Dark Knight where all the gangsters are meeting. But like, yeah, I thought, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I mean, they're in, in bow ties and, and hats. Like, I wish people used to just dress like this. I'm not even kidding. How about a magic trick, say? <laughs> Have you ever read um, Detective Comics 38: The First Appearance of Dick Grayson? Yes. I recently reread it. I forgot that Boss Zuko talks like this. <laughs> with the whole, like, this is my town, Shay. Who cares what Batman does, Shay? <laughs> so, like, this is a long, this is a long running <laughs> theme with villains. Do you know who plays Babyface? Who voices him? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Okay, I'll, I'll have to look up for that. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's Hank Azaria from <laughs> Chief Wiggum's voice or something, because it's so dead on. Edward G. <laughs> Robinson. Those kids look kind of. Anime-ish. Yeah, I just noticed that. The big eyes. This is also like, I mean, I know Hamer Reyes, Blue Beetle, was a very popular character, but um, I wasn't, I, I hadn't read his comics, so this is sort of my first introduction to his character and what the, his uh, suit could do. Right, yeah, me too. The Ted Cord one was a lot more of a typical costume crime fighter with gadgets, but uh, this one's a lot more... Uh, Oh man! Yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about this. <laughs> wow! Wow! He turns into a, a giant Gundam. <laughs> Wait, that's from uh, Kingdom Come, right? Yeah, I, I, th- I oh. think it probably is referencing Kingdom Come. Wait, like the, the like the design of it. That's awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> the Batmobile turns like that's that's totally like like. <laughs> A kitty anime show. Yeah, if, if you come on, if you were a kid, who wouldn't want a Batmobile that could turn into a robot? Oh, absolutely! Like that. I can only imagine because you know, kids these days really have it, really have it nice with toys. Yeah, I know. They really do. <laughs> and I love. Um, uh, it's it's also interesting because they actually bring uh, the whole Batbot thing back mm. in the one episode with Adam West guest voicing. I don't know if you've seen that one. He was in a, I know he was in Chill of the Night, but I don't yeah. think Batman used uh, that gun. Batman <laughs> created a bunch of these bat robots to patrol the city. And there was a prototype Batbot uh, that's voiced by Adam West. Oh my god. It's awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. Oh, that was a nice touch with the head. Oh, and he does he does like a Voltron thing uh, at the very like a Voltron pose at the very that's end. That's what I was thinking of Voltron with like like the the different angles and how it was transforming. <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedledee. <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedledee are classic, like, Silver Age, maybe even Golden Age Batman villains. Which yeah, Golden Age. You you never see. I mean, well, actually, actually I say that. They're actually in the current, uh, I believe it's the Dark Knight with Matt Hatter. But, uh, like, they really aren't, like, known as Batman villains anymore. No. It's funny. I, I'm not sure if I've actually read an old school Tweedledee, Tweedledum story, but I'm never seeing them everywhere. Even I haven't. 
I, I like that sad look he gave him. <laughs> He's like, hey. I know we're coming to the hammers of justice line. I'm, I'm, oh, yes. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> awesome. It just cut to it. Well, I also like the fact that she looks at like the broken hand for a while. She's like, I'm going to punch it in, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. I love the Hammers of Justice line. God. Just whenever they pull, you know, Hammers of Justice out, I love that. That was just like, it was actually really nice. It was actually a really equal line. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically so. That's a nice reveal. Yeah, I like the diaper. That's a great <laughs> he is a grown man. He just he just acts and looks like a baby. Yeah. Which is a bit of a conceit, but <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. He's hauled away with his... <laughs> And we'll never see her again. (laughs) (laughs) But what if... No. (laughs) Just shutting him down. (laughs) That also has a bit of a modern edge to it. It's not like... I'm not sure Bronze Age stories ever did like that sort of, you know, oh, he has a crush on the character for one issue subplot. Mm -hmm. They may have, but I'm not sure. Oh, I missed... I I didn't see who uh, voiced him. Who cares? I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll cut it in later. So, um, oh, we're at the credits now. Uh, man, these went by fast. Um, any final thoughts on Night of the Huntress? Uh, it was Tom Kenny. I just uh, went back. Uh, you know, I can, I, can, I, can, I can hear Tom Kenny's voice in it. Tom Kenny, for those who don't know, has done SpongeBob and various other cartoon voices. And Tara Strong as uh, Huntress, which she's everywhere. Right. And uh, probably for fans of the DC Animated Universe, Will Friedel does uh, Jaime's voice. Well, Frito does Jaime's voice, and Tara Strong did Batgirl from the original, uh, I said the original, like the, the new Batman Adventures. Yep. Absolutely. So that was Night of the Hunters. That was another season one episode of Brave and the Brave and the Bold. Hopefully you enjoyed as half as much as Chris and I did. <laughs> uh, and until we uh, bring you another commentary in the list of the Batman Universe commentaries, this is Don. And this is Chris. We will see you guys next time on the couch. Adios.